Hello, everyone. My name is Dana Peterson, and I'm with my joined with my host, Richard Fordyce, today for the Rural Leaders Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Richard, how are you doing? You know, I'm doing good, Dana. Um, you know, as you know, we farm, and there is, we've had some decent weather lately, uh, so things started out slow, but now um, crops are starting to catch up. Most everyone is planted. And we're enjoying, I guess, what you would call um, a little bit normal, more normal weather. But I don't know what normal weather is, um, really. But, yeah, I'm doing good. How about you? We're doing well here in Kansas. Uh, we, too, have had some rains. And my brothers have all of the seeds they intend to plant in the ground. And so um, everyone is optimistic about the, the, the harvest of the summer. So... Um, you know, we have had some harvest within the podcast uh, as well. We, in the last week, have launched episode one, and that's exciting because we've had lots of great feedback on our efforts to, to catalyze um, change in rural America and to really inspire, equip, and um, facilitate the action uh, of leaders across the country. So what have you been hearing about the podcast, Richard? <clears throat> so it is exciting. Uh, as you mentioned, our, our first episode um, did launch last week. And uh, honestly, the, you know, the feedback that I've been getting has been, has been very positive. Um, you know, it's, it's family, it's friends, it's colleagues, it's, you know, folks that I know and folks that you know as well, Dana, uh, that have weighed in and have listened to the podcast. And so we're super excited, you know, that, 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 that the first episode is launched and that the second one's coming, um, you know, it's going to be coming out next week. Uh, but we, um, you know, we need, we need, we need help from, from those of you that are listening and, or watching and, um, to come up with ideas for guests and uh, to let us know who you'd like to hear from in the Rural Leaders podcast and what issues would you like to hear about. So, you know, we know we have some we have some channels to uh, for you to communicate with us, and I'm sure Dana can share those um, so that you can connect with us and, and give us ideas and feedback. Yeah, folks can send us an email at Dana at the Rural Leaders Podcast dot com or Richard at the Rural Leaders Podcast.com. Well, I'm really excited for our guest here today. Uh, we're going to be joined by Taya Spellhog, a friend and colleague of mine from my days um, in Fargo, North Dakota. Taya is with Microsoft TechSpark, and she's going to share lots of great information with us after this break. My name is Blake. I received the heart transplant when I was two weeks old. I play defense for the Red Hot Tornadoes. Sometimes my heart starts pounding like faster and faster as I go. I know I have someone else's heart inside me. It makes me feel happy because someone was generous enough to give me a second chance to live. This gift of life was made possible by an organ donor. Imagine what you could make possible. Sign up as an organ, eye, and tissue donor. Go to organdonor.gov. What do you think you're doing, Kevin? I uh, was just going to drive home. Ah, uh, ah, uh, uh, there are several warning signs present that you shouldn't be driving. Like hearing voices? Like your text to emoji ratio? Oh, man, the selfies. <laughs> Selfie nailed it. We all have warning signs that let us know that we're probably not okay to drive. 
Mine is pretending to be your subconscious. Craig, come on, man, let's put a ride home. Welcome back, everybody. We're thrilled to have you at, at this episode of the Rural Leaders Podcast, where we just are really trying to equip, inspire um, rural leaders across the country to act and uh, make great changes in their communities. And today, I'm thrilled to have my friend Taya Spellhog with us. Taya is a North Dakota farm girl. Um, she has spent a lot of her career in education and now has the great opportunity to work with uh, the adoption of digital technologies and software through TechSpark, a philanthropic effort of Microsoft. So thank you for joining us, Taya. Yes, thank you so much for the opportunity. It's exciting. Yeah, so can you kind of give us a short synopsis of why Microsoft even started um, the, the initiative called TechSpark? Right. I'll, I'll try to keep it brief because we could go on forever on, on why. But our president, Brad Smith, saw the need for more digital transformation, rural broadband access, um, computer science education, um, all these digital issues um, in rural. Uh, we were doing things all over the United States, but we weren't doing anything in our, in our backyard. And so he created a, a philanthropic program to focus on um, economic development, um, job creation in rural parts of America. And he chose six locations around the United States. Um, and this was back in 2017 and chose uh, North Dakota as one of those. And we we're incredibly excited about that. Um, also, the other regions are Wisconsin. Uh, so Green Bay area, he's from the Appleton area. And uh, so that fits well. And then we have three data centers in um, Boynton, Virginia, so Southern Virginia, um, Eastern Washington, and then um, Cheyenne, Wyoming. And so those are three that we were chosen. And then kind of did one in the South that wasn't quite rural, but has a lot of similar characteristics of, of what we were doing with rural, and that's in El Paso, Texas. And so we launched those in 2017. Um, and in each region, you know, what they wanted to do is um, hire somebody who knew the region, who lived there and grew up there and worked there and had a network. And so they hired regional managers. And for some reason, I was lucky enough to, to be hired. And uh, has, it's been a wild journey these last five years. Well, Taya, it's, it's, well, first of all, it's great to have you on with us today, um, learning more about uh, Microsoft and the philanthropic part of Microsoft. <clears throat> and I think when I think about, you know, the effort that you all are undertaking, um, you know, I'm wondering, so I know a lot of it is about education. And so it's, a, it's you know, folks in rural America, um, in general, are not as connected as our city cousins, and and I think part of the effort is for is for the TechSpark uh, initiative to to educate people, educate rural citizens about when the connectivity does happen, when it is in their community. What's the capacity for that, and what how can that change their lives? For example, 
So could you talk just a little bit about kind of the effort? Um, and did I miss the mark with my question, or is that kind of what TechSpark is, is attempting to do? Yeah, no, it's it's great. And I think you, you touched on a piece of what we do, for sure. Um, and it, the nice thing about, we're all different in every region. Um, and that I think that's what's so great about having, um, you know, the managers that are living and working in, you know, in these regions is because we uniquely know our region. Um, we like to say that North Dakota is probably the most connected rural state in the United States. So we have internet access to almost every community. Um, every school has, has uh, broadband, you know, fiber. And so, you know, we're seeing it in our rural communities and um, you're right. And when it happens, when we get it there, you're going to need to be educated on how to use it and how to be good stewards of it. Um, so in North Dakota, our state has, we, we were set up really well to have TechSpark come into our state at the time because our educational system was thinking about educating our, our students on computer science and cybersecurity. We were actually the first state in the nation to have both comprehensive cybersecurity and computer science standards for K-12. And so it's not only, you know, teaching kids how to utilize technology, but how to be good stewards, how to protect their privacy. Um, and so I think that's been really interesting to kind of dig into that, you know, coming in right away in 2018, you know, and, and help with that effort. Um, but in other regions, too, we're not seeing that. Uh, you know, we're, there's more of a digital divide. Um, in, in Virginia, for example, there are, you know, major pockets of underserved uh, individuals. And so they have some unique needs on trying to get broadband access to these great populations um, or these smaller populations in, in this area that is, you know, covers a great amount of Southern Virginia. And so, um, you know, it's, it's getting that there, but then also educating those that are in those regions on, you know, bring good stewards and utilizing it. So I think, you know, you're right. Uh, there's definitely that educational piece. Um, we're also looking at skilling the adult population too in the digital skills. So um, there's a whole other section, you know, we kind of started with K-12, you know, computer science education. And, you know, throughout the five years, we've definitely transitioned into skilling and cybersecurity. So, so that's an interesting thing to me. And we hear, we hear about rural broadband, right? Like, so everybody in rural America is, we're waiting on rural broadband. We're waiting on better connectivity. And so I think it is just amazing that you all are helping prepare people when that rural broadband does show up. So kudos to you guys for the work that you're doing. Um, and I, I think it's really good that, that you also are focusing on people you know, my age and a little younger and a little older um, about what does that, what does, what does rural broadband mean? What does better connectivity mean? Now, Taya, I know just from working with you that Microsoft really has a perspective of, of not only finding a local manager to run um, these initiatives in these different <clears throat> regions, but also to work directly with organizations and, and um, nonprofits and schools and different entities who are on the ground and and really um, looking at those issues. 
Can you kind of give us an, uh, an example of the different types of organizations you've worked with there in North Dakota, and maybe one or two of the different projects that you've created? Yeah. I think one of our initial learnings um, when TechSpark was created was, um, you know, the, we, we call it, you know, the mothership. So, you know, TechSpark in, in or uh, Microsoft in Seattle was, hey, let's invest in the partners that are doing the work. And, you know, if you're in New York, if you're in Chicago, if you're in LA, there are partners doing the work. But if you're in Fargo, North Dakota, <laughs> you know, it's, it's not necessarily that easy. And so I think one of our big things was understanding Microsoft's mission and the TechSpark mission, and then finding local partners, trusted partners, that we can help facilitate and grow their passions. Um, and so when we first started TechSpark, uh, we launched it in October of 2017. Brad Smith came out to Fargo, stood on stage with, with Governor Burgum, and a few others, and we had a great amount of people in the audience, and I think that was great, that was wonderful for me because people reached out to say, hey, how do we get a part of it? How do we, you know, how do we partner together? And at that point I said, I have no idea. I don't need, <laughs> we're, we're flying the plane as we build it, so let's let's build this together. And uh, it, it, was, it was really fun to, to see how these partnerships have grown from that initial conversation after that launch. And one of them was with Emerging Prairie um, that Dana used to be a part of. And uh, Greg Tavine and I have known each other for quite some time. He's the, the CEO. And it was, you know, hey, we love what you're doing. There's a lot of synergies. Um, is there a way that we can work together? And uh, that's how we came up with the um, investment into the Grand Farm piece. And I know I could speak days and days and days about that initiative, um, but it's around, you know, egg technology. At the beginning, you guys were talking about planting, and, you know, my boyfriend is currently in the field right now trying to get his beans in, um, and, you know, we know that technology is a huge issue. You know, one of his biggest things is around the, uh, the auto steer. It's not working, and so he had to switch out a new tractor this morning because the auto steer wasn't working. And so, um, you know, the, the grand farm piece was uh, creating the farm of the future and, and working on egg technology. And, you know, at Microsoft, we're about technology, but we also need technology to advance um, for those that need it the most, you know. And so having that grower voice, we knew that we would have that grower voice, that producer voice in North Dakota. And that's why we really wanted to get involved with the grand farm to say, hey, you know, we're these are the people who are seeing the problems that we can then invest in and, and solve these problems um, and bring Microsoft's name alongside. I think that's been really interesting. Another key learning that we're seeing is when we're working with partners, if you have a partner that says, hey, we're working with Microsoft, people tend to listen and say, and they, they want to know more and say, what are you guys doing? How are you involved? So that's been really fun too, is to kind of drive use the Microsoft name as a catalyst to drive more partnerships. And um, it's been really fun to see that. So the, the effort that's happening in North Dakota is awesome. I'm somewhat familiar with it in my conversations with Dana. But, you know, you mentioned other places around the country. So uh, Wisconsin, um, Washington State, 
are the efforts the same yet maybe a little different or could you talk a little bit about maybe maybe specifically the Wisconsin project and um, and the Washington project? You bet. Um, you know, it's great because that was one thing that we were tasked with right away is finding a signature project. Um, we, we make some smaller investments into our nonprofits regionally, but we also want to make large investments and, and making some, you know, game changer investments. And so, um, you know, Grand Farm was our signature project here. We made a $1.5 million investment into that. Um, in uh, Wisconsin, they, they naturally partnered with a great partner out there, the Green Bay Packers. And although I'm a Vikings fan, that's all right. Um, you know, the Green Bay Packers are great. You know, they're doing a lot. Um, there's a VC fund that they've actually set up. And so they're doing some acceleration. It's a really amazing project called Title Town Tech, where they're um, creating, they have created a VC fund and a startup accelerator to accelerate startups in the region. And so um, it's, it's kind of this incubator accelerator, um, and they're finding um, startups kind of locally, but also in other areas. Um, and they've had some really interesting success. They've actually had some startups move from Silicon Valley to Wisconsin because they saw the opportunity that Wisconsin presented uh, was far better than the one that was presented in Silicon Valley because they were so inundated with startups. So that was really interesting. Um, but then being able to work with Microsoft employees and our technology really kind of helped infuse some of these startups with the uh, the technology that they need to, to keep going. Um, so Titletown Tech in Green Bay, Wisconsin is a really fun um, and, you know, it's, it's, you know, they started in 2017 and they've, they've gone a, a long way to, um, to really help startups there in, in Green Bay. Um, in Washington, um, Lisa Karstetter, she's my, she's my counterpart out there and She's a, her husband's a farmer. He's a, a fruit farmer, um, fruit tree farmer. And, you know, it's interesting in that region because um, they have a lot of um, migrant um, population. They have a, a large, um, you know, uh, the language barrier is, is definitely something that is a, a challenge and an opportunity out there. Um, and it's very rural. And so skilling is one thing that they're focused on, but bilingual skilling. So we launched a global skills initiative in 2020 to try to uh, skill 25 million people across the globe. And then we were landing that project locally. And Lisa took on, she, she partnered with the North Central Washington Tech Alliance and created a program to help upskill I mean, like thousands of people. And it was just amazing at what the reach they were able to wow. do, but they were also able to do it in other languages. So um, there's, there's uh, one story about a, a gentleman named Juan and uh, they had a, they had a, it was a skill, a skillathon and they were trying to, uh, try to get as many people to get to be skilled as they possibly can to utilize the curriculum on the Global Skills Initiative. And Juan and his daughter did 
over 50 modules um, in a short amount of time. He was working at a pizza place. As he was rolling the dough, he had his, his uh, iPad up and was watching these videos. And it was just amazing to see, you know, him and his daughter partner together and they won the contest. Um, so it's, Wow. It's amazing to see, again, what is happening in each of these different regions. Uh, a little bit different, but it's unique to the challenges that, they, that are faced in those regions. Yeah, and I love that, that the, that the monster Microsoft, right, is really looking at the needs of each of these regions and meeting them where they are as far as digital skills or connectivity even and then bringing them um, some investment to, to be able to accelerate their growth and, and catalyze hope is, is what I know uh, that TechSpark is really doing. And so, you know, I, I want to get us back to North Dakota because I know, Taya, that's where your heart is. Um, can you tell us a, just maybe a couple of snippets about the results uh, there in North Dakota that you're seeing? Yeah. So, um, you know, what's wonderful, you know, when we invested into the into the grand farm, it wasn't just the grand farm test site. It was also um, a, a group called Emerging Digital Academy. So they wanted to create a boot camp um, in order to skill and and uh, um, uh, different um, programmers. And uh, it's it's an amazing boot camp. Like I said, it's 20 weeks. Um, and there have been some um, really amazing results that have come from that. So that was part of our investment. Um, the unique thing was we launched the investment the fall of 2019. And so we all know what happened in 2020. Um, yeah. And Emerging Digital Academy launched uh, in March of 2020. And they went from going to be on to in person to online, and they have um, just done a tremendous job. I think they're on cohort number six. I think they just graduated several students. Mm -hmm. um, they have like a ninety some percent placement rate. Um, these students are seeing a tremendous increase in their in their salary. Um, you know, we have. I, I mean, I could speak all day on some of these unique um, individuals, these students, but. Um, there was one student that he he worked for he, he worked for on a farm. He had I think they were pregnant with baby number four when he was going through the program. He graduated. He was making three times his salary at a startup, and eventually was hired by Microsoft. And that all happened within I think fifteen months. And so um, you know it's it's things like that that you know, we could talk and spend all day on, um, you know, so that was part of, that was a really fun uh, story that when we invested in Emerging Digital Academy, but also to um, when we invested in our teacher training, um, when you talked about computer science education, trying to get more teachers uh, to teach technology. And so we have been working with um, a group called Edutech here in North Dakota, and they were tasked probably 20 years ago to teach teachers how to utilize technology in their classroom. Now teachers know how to do that. So they're teaching them how to teach technology. And they're doing teacher training and they have taught um, and educated thousands of teachers in North Dakota. Um, and actually they're just 
as we speak, uh, there's a bunch of teachers in Bismarck that are part of a Ignite program that is really all about educating um, educators on the unique challenges and opportunities that we have in our, you know, in our ever-changing digital world. So, I mean, I could speak all day on the on the results, but I know we have limited time. But it's been really yeah, fun to yeah. see all the things that have happened the last five years. Well, it definitely was a lot of fun to be a part of it um, during my time in Fargo, and and it's great to have you with us, Taya. If people want to get a hold of you or learn more about Microsoft TechSpark, how can they do that? Great question. So um, feel free to email me. Um, my uh, name is Taya, T-A-Y-A dot Spellhaug, S-P-E-L-H-A-U-G at Microsoft.com. You can also um, go on LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn and, and several of my colleagues or all of my colleagues are on LinkedIn and we actually do articles quite a bit. And so, um, you know, that's another way to learn about what we're doing you know, uniquely in our regions. So going on LinkedIn and, and searching TechSpark and, and searching, you know, TS follow, please connect with me, it'd be great. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining us today, Taya, and we'll be right back after this message. Hey, Bobo, do trees tell each other stories? I'm sorry, I'm afraid I don't know that. Hey, why don't we go find out? Listen. Do clouds take naps? I couldn't tell you. Dad, do stars visit their friends? Look! Thank you. Welcome back, everyone. We had a great conversation with my friend Taya from Fargo, North Dakota area, and visiting about Microsoft TechSpark today. You know, Richard, I just thought it was it was um, commendable of her as a North Dakotan um, to really step forward and make sure that this effort is led locally, you know, and led by someone who knows the region and knows the organizations. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, you know, when you have some, when you have a company that is as giant as Microsoft, uh, you know, the success with those local projects, uh, it does come about because you do have local experts on the ground. And, and she is so smart and just, that was a, that was a great interview. I love that. That was fun. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. You know, and I think one of the things that Taya really um, alluded to was that she had lots of people reaching out to her when they launched this in North Dakota. Um, and so, you know, there were people that were like, huh, that was inspiring, or there was something about that launch and this critical need for digital skilling in rural America that inspired them to act 
and to reach out to Taya. And so I just love that part of the story. Yeah, I do too. And um, so again, I was somewhat familiar with with Microsoft's philanthropic efforts, um, specifically around the TechSpark uh, initiative. And, but just to refresh, I got on the website um, and there, I, I'm not gonna get it exactly right, but at the beginning on, on, the, on the landing page, when you go to the website, it says, we're not short on talent, we're short on technology. And you know, that's, that's exactly right, right? Because, and we've talked about this yeah. before on the podcast, Rural America is a great place to grow up. It's a great place where those values are instilled. It's a, and there is not a lack of talent in rural America. We right. just need right. to catch up. We just need to catch up with our city cousins in technology and connectivity and so on. And, and it's happening, right? I mean, you know, there's fiber going yes. in the ground all across the country. Um, and, you know, in so many public policy issues, there is an argument, right? Like, do should we do it? Should we not do it? You know, depending on where you land politically and those sorts of things. But there, I have never heard, not one time have I ever heard one person say, we shouldn't invest more in rural broadband. So, so that's happening. Um, we've just got to make yes. sure it continues to happen. And we've got to make sure that people are ready to use it. Right, like that's the whole point around TechSpark was creating that demand for uh, the added value to the, our quality of life that can come with connectivity and technology. And so I think that's a big part of this. And then really spurring on startup companies and, and um, getting that investment, whether it's through a, a, a nonprofit or a venture capital a firm into those new businesses and getting those things going so that it's spurring on the economy as well. <clears throat> you know, it is. And, and, and once a community is connected, you know, that is a catalyst for, as you just say, startups, entrepreneurial um, kind of ventures, but it also can be the landing spot for existing companies that want to expand, maybe want to look at a different, um, you know, a different place to have a location. And it's just, it is so absolutely critical. And then, you know, when I did mention to Taya, it's really great that you're focusing, you know, a lot of your effort K through 12, uh, preparing and, and creating this, um, you know, these ideas about what is possible. But it's, again, the folks my age that have heard about rural broadband and what well, now we're getting it, now what do we do with it? What can we do with it? Yeah. You know, can we, yeah. from a farmer's perspective, does it change how you operate your farm? I think in some cases it does. You know, as a, as a yeah. small business owner or something, it definitely will change your life when you have, you know, decent speeds, uh, upload, download speeds. And, and I'm just, again, I, I can't, I can't say enough about how encouraging it is that a giant like Microsoft um, is jumping in here um, from a philanthropic perspective to help help get folks in rural America ready for this revolution. Agreed. Agreed. And uh, you and I are both passionate about this um, urban-rural divide with regards to broadband and connectivity, so we're likely going to have many, many more conversations about it. You're exactly right. And that's going to do it for this episode of the Rural Leader Podcast. 
As always, we encourage you to reach out and we invite you to go to the ruralleaderspodcast.com. Right there on that website, you can find resources, you can find a form where you can communicate. Um, and so we encourage you to do that. And we want to just give you a little bit of a, a, a tease on next the next episode. Um, a friend, a mutual friend of both Dana and myself, um, Bill Beam uh, from Elverson, Pennsylvania. He is a farmer that farms in the shadows of Philadelphia. So he's going to visit with us about a lot of things. Um, uh, how, how is it to navigate a farming operation that close to a major metropolitan area? And what are the advantages of having that that close? So we hope you join us um, for the next episode of the Rural Leader Podcast. Um, and with that, I'll say goodbye. Dana, you want to say goodbye? Goodbye, everyone. We'll see you next time. Thank you.